0: Welcome to the True Vine podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. I said today I got good news for you. And this week, I heard from God for this moment. Now, to be fair to you, when you see a scripture coming from the Old Testament, in the 21st century, it doesn't sound real compatible at times but if you'll open your mind and let me get past three verses God's going to show you something and my assignment is to get us in alignment with what God wants to do in your life you may say well what is that I'm going to preach about that so that being said in honor of the word of God if you stand with me Old Testament Malachi if you're from the Spanish church Malachi Malachi, capítulo 3, versos 8 a 10. Malachi, excuse me, English, Malachi, chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. When you're learning to read, Malachi just makes sense. I pronounced every letter. I'm in the phonetics with Spanish. I'm, I'm okay. Leave me alone. All right, let me read to you Old Testament, King James Version. Let's just get down to it, but this is going to be good. Buenas noticia, good news. Verse 8, you can hear, if you have your Bible, you can turn there. Will a man rob God? Yet yeah, ye have robbed me, but ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? And he just cuts to the chase in tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Verse 10. Bring ye the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now wherein, wherewith, excuse me, saith the Lord of hosts. Here's the best part, man. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Mm. Sayeth the Lord, if I will not pour out the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. Someone shout blessings that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Shall back, I can receive it. Some of you are thinking, oh, I got room. Well, then you're not in compliance with the Scripture because it says you won't have room. Woo, I almost start preaching. Did you catch it? Now that I've read your Scripture text, got your mind on spiritual things, let me give you my title and then you can be seated. This morning I want to preach to you about Jack and the Beanstalk. All of everybody go, oh, Buenas Noticias, good news. Lord Jesus, use me. Send revelation through me. We lean into the Holy of Holies, God, to dissect and understand about this blessing that I can't contain. Let there be no distractions, God. Let me flow in a vein that will bless and inspire the promises of God. Let us get into alignment, God, with the supernatural in all areas. I pray that this is effective in the spirit and send angels of ministry to me today for this moment. Este momento. Este lugar. In this place we pray. In Jesus' name, shout amen if you agree. Amen, amen. You can be seated. God bless you again for standing. Now, to be honest with you, this sounds more like I stole this from Sister Titi's department in the church org chart. Jack and the beanstalk. To show you something that I'm, I struggle in some areas, I, up until this morning, I realized it's not Jack in the beanstalk. Hey, Jack in the beanstalk, 62 years Jack has been in the beanstalk. Woo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> but it's and the beanstalk. The backstory, according to legend, is Jack was a poor country boy and he trades the family cow for a handful of magic beans which grow into a massive towering beanstalk reaching up into the clouds. Jack climbs the beanstalk and finds himself in the castle of an unfriendly giant. The giant senses Jack's presence and cries, Fee! fi, fo, fum! I smell the blood of an Englishman. Be he alive or be he dead, I will grind his bones to make my bread. Outwitting the giant, Jack is able to retrieve many goods, watch this, once stolen from his family, including a bag of gold, an enchanted goose that lays golden eggs, and a magic golden harp that plays and sings by itself. Jack then escapes by chopping down the beanstalk, and the giant who is pursuing him falls to his death, and Jack and his family prosper. End of story. I got to thinking as I kind of put on my pastor mode and get with God and say, God, it, would it be disrespectful if we, you and I talked about Jack and the Beanstalk? I know, dear Heavenly Father, it's not in the Old Testament. And quite to, honest with you, God, I know enough it's not in the New Testament. But I see some parallels. And I want to show a couple of takeaways with you. Takeaway is Jack and... The beanstalk only came about when he let go of the magic beans, sold the family cow, they're poor, comes back, his mother's angry. I don't know if she throws them out the window. I don't know if she slaps them out of his hand. I don't know if he throws them out, but at the point that he released them, they begin to germinate in the ground, and that's where the beanstalk begin to grow. Another takeaway into the spirit world is that the crop is only harvested after the farmer releases the seed from his hand. My conclusion in the Holy of Holies with Jack and the Beanstalk this week, it's called the art and science of release. There's a science to it. There's an art to it. And when we choose to put other things in front of God's agenda, we can end up having unexpected bills, unexpected results, unfulfilled lies, and lack of where we should have plenty. We have very little, if any. And God wants to put His agenda in our life, and He wants us to put His agenda first, experiencing the blessing that comes with being within God's will. There's a blessing when we release. You see, the conduit to this church and the kingdom is you and I. I often thought maybe from an analytical point of view or maybe college terms, critical thinking. God, if you didn't get to people and people didn't give to the church, how does the need for the vision get funded? And I felt my spirit, he said, it's through the people. And I bless and I give and I bring overflow to those that bless my earthly kingdom. We understand and we agree. God doesn't need the money. In fact, he is so incredibly rich. The most valuable commodity we have on earth is what he paves his streets with. Gold. What is gold? I don't, $1,300 an ounce? That's our most precious commodity. And that's what we're going to walk on. The God says, hey, what you think is the greatest and the most valuable, hey, that's what I pave over dirt with for you to put your dirty feet on when you get here. So think about my economic plan. I like the writings in Haggai chapter 1. He says, you have planted many seeds, but you have gathered only a few crops. You have food to eat, but not enough to get full. You have something to drink, but not enough to get drunk. You have some clothes to wear, but not enough to keep warm. You earn a little money, but you don't know where it all goes. It's as though there, are, there is a hole in your pocket, end quote of Haggai. I got to thinking, how many people in America, how many people in our church live like that? I have plenty of seeds, but I don't harvest much crop. I, I have food, but I never get enough to eat I have clothes, but I never can keep warm. I have money, but I doesn't go. I don't know where it goes with because there's a hole in my pocket. How many people find themselves living paycheck to paycheck or working overtime and still not having enough to pay your bills and to catch up and to get ahead? And I, I think often this is due by the realities of living in a broken world. But sometimes this occurs when people are not good stewards of their resources and are guilty. Of making the wrong choices because you are behind on your bills and you can't seem to get ahead. I I can't subscribe that that's God's fault. Or I can't submit to, God doesn't love me. Or I can't submit to, hey, the scriptures sound cool, but they don't really work in the 21st century. No, no, it could be some of your decisions on how you're stewarding or managing what you have in your hands. Come on, somebody. Here, just so you don't get all upset. I'm preaching about Jack and the Beanstalk. I'm going to bless somebody. I'm feeling good. But I need to give you some reference points, some points of origin. We make wrong choices, and the Scripture also shows that God sometimes gets involved with our finances and the state of those, and he blows our money away into other areas to get our attention. Watch me now, Haggai, same chapter. And the Lord, all-powerful, said, you people look for a big harvest, but when you go together crop, there's little grain. So you bring that grain home, and then I, say, then I send a wind that blows it all away. Why is this happening? Because my house is still in ruins, while each of you runs home to take care of your own house. This is why the sky holds back its dew and why the earth holds back its crops." End quote. In layman's terms, 21st century, hey, I'm working, I'm working, I'm making, I'm making my money, and I run home and I spend my money, and the house of the Lord is in ruins, and I don't really care about that, and I don't lend an ear because it's all about what I'm doing. It's all about my family. It's all about getting ahead. It's all about the next great big thing. And God's saying in Haggai chapter 6 verses through 9 and 10, he goes, this is what happens when you do that. When you embrace that mentality, that spirit or those actions, you are going to end up with some things that God is going to get your attention and blow some things out of your hands. Come on now. Again, you have to release your tithes and offerings into the harvest field of God's principles. Let me ask you a question here. Come on, let's make this fun. How many of you have played a pickup game of a sport, basketball, baseball, football, that required a captain to choose his team? You go back into baseball and softball, and you line up against the dugout, and you got two captains. I've been captains, I've been on the dugout, and I've been the picking captain. And the captain is going to pick the best players. Okay. Drake, stand up for a minute, son. Since I don't know their names, one of the twins stand up. I know their names. I just don't know which one goes on which face. Now, if I'm playing basketball, when I'm picking first, I'm picking him. Now, maybe he's tall and lanky and clumsy, but he can outreach his opponent, Hunter. Hunter, I knew that. So there's a reason why I'm picking him. Now, maybe we loop back around and I pick Hunter because he's fast and he can run between people's legs and he can disappear and just appear and shoot baskets. But I, I'm stacking the deck to win the basketball game. So in my mind, I'm picking who's going to help me win. Okay, thanks, guys. You can be seated. And like any of us, how many times have you been left, you're the last one, standing against the backstop, and the, and the captain says, okay, well, I'll take her, as if there's a choice. The point is it's demoralizing. It's degrading, and it validates that you think you're no good because you're picked last. And some of us tend to treat God like that when it comes to our resources. We spend our money, we shop, bills, food, and other items, and after all, maybe we haven't even given God consideration. And when it's all said and done, if we have a little bit left over, say, hey, God, here's your portion. That's the same way as the person at the ball field, how they feel being picked last. And God's wanting us to give on the front end. It's called first fruits. Just like we don't want to be last, God doesn't want to be last in our lives in any area. Commitment, holiness, prayer, fasting, church attendance, giving, giving. In fact, he considers and expects himself to be first. That's why he introduced the concept of the first fruits. And first fruits means our first offerings to God and our very best without hesitation and without regret. Paul said that the Lord loveth a cheerful, translation, a hilarious giver, and that you're not giving out of a begrudgingly spirit or out of need. I'm giving because I'm giving God the first fruits. What am I doing? It's the art and the science of releasing. I'm releasing what God gave me because when I release to God, he replenishes that or he makes 85% go further than it would have been on my human 100%. Who would have thought that Jack would trade the family cow that bring produces milk for magic beans. He sold a bill of goods. Hey, young boy, this is magic beans. You should tell your mother, give me your cow. Con artist in the market. A con man taking advantage of a little boy. He told the story so magnificent, Jack hands over the cow and goes home with magic beans, according to the salesman in the market. His mother's... Distraught and provoked. But when she or Jack released the beans, according to the story, is when the magic happened. That's when they became magic beans. Nothing happens when it's in our hands, it doesn't grow in our hands. It's, there's some parallels to our relationship with God, with our giving and our finances that it, it, it magnifies and it grows and it does the miraculous once I release it into the kingdom of God so God can use it for his purpose. Oh, God needs it? No, God has everything. A, cattle, a thousand cattle on the hill, all these scenarios throughout the word of God, we know that. But the local church and the earthly church and the way we live, everything evolves around finances. That's why you go to work tomorrow. Let me just ask you a question. Do you want to go to work tomorrow? Do you want to get paid? How about we try a test and tell me next Sunday? Nobody go to work this week and tell me how much you got paid. Hey, man, it was great. I slept in, I did a little walk with my wife, we went to breakfast. Never going to be able to afford breakfast again anymore, but it was good while we had the money. It's like the last supper, the last bacon and eggs. But we go to work because we need the money, because we have a house payment, we have kids, we need groceries, we have gasoline. We go, It's a, it, the money motivates us. And so my point is, not only in the church, but everything evolves around money, and money moves people forward. You get a better job, you get a pay increase, you buy a new car, you get a new house, you buy some new clothes, you go out to a nice dinner. You're, what you're doing is, you're, you're living off the reward of your sacrifice. And God's just saying, hey, if I'm going to bless you according to my scripture, and my principles are true, then you're going to have to be a part of a first fruit relationship with me. And your tithe and your offering needs to come off on the front end. And the 85% you have left, I will bless that and blow that up past the 100%. But you got to get a revelation of faith. Come on, somebody. And God can do more. Why do you say 85%? I heard that number. Because 10% is tithing, and I preach and practice, 5% is offering. If I've robbed God in tithe and in offerings, then somewhere in my giving ought to be some offerings. So I don't rob God. So wh- what are you doing, Pastor? I'm trying to send you home with some revelation. So that you can live with blessings. Blessings. And that I can help align you as you walk with God when it comes to financial stewardship. Individually and collectively, our offerings can make an impact to change the world. Let me just interrupt myself for a second. The difference between tithe and offerings is the tithe is for the priesthood, the Levites, tribe of Aaron, and the offerings take care of the temple, the tabernacle which is the church. The offerings pay the air conditioner. The offerings pay the electric bill. The offerings pay the insurance on the van. The offerings fund the VBS. The offerings pay crayons and glue for the little kids next door, etc., etc. But the, the tithing is for the priesthood and the ministry that was set up in the Old Testament. I don't want to get too deep in the weeds on the Old Testament. I can explain it, but for some of you, it get a little boring, so I'm trying to keep you in Jack and the beanstalk. Principles are very similar, actually. And so if I'm giving my tithes and my... That's why he said you've robbed me of tithes and offerings. And so when you give tithes and offerings, I'm asking you to earmark that on the envelopes or on the online giving. Mark tithes and mark offerings. So so we can code it, and you can see and double-check us every month. But more important to that, 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 the human side of me... Can I talk... The human side of me knows, and I can see and validate, you know what? They understand biblical stewardship. If you just give... $500 with no markings, it's like, is that ties? Is that offering? Is that for VBS? Is that for pastor to go to Cancun? And I, I, I could assume a lot, but I'm a pretty honest guy, so I don't assume that part. The point is, I want you to identify it. And some people say, well, Pastor, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. Yes, but the human side of me, as I move our church forward and I align us for blessings to help us walk in harmony with biblical stewardship and principles, I want to make sure that we're understanding as we're moving along. So that's just a little side note. I'll get back to my message. But watch this. Jack would have never found the king's palace had he not released the seeds. The farmer could never sell his crop in the marketplace had he not released the seeds from his hand. You'll never experience, listen to this, you'll never experience the bountiful reward or harvest if you don't release the treasure from your labor and allow God to bring into your household the blessings of his divine favor. Let let, let me read that again and slow down. You will never experience the bountiful reward or harvest If you don't allow, if you don't release the treasure of your labor and allow God to bring into your household the blessings of His divine order. And the purpose of my message this morning is to help align you, to get you into the alignment of divine order that God can allow His blessings to flow into your life in a liberal manner. I'm a firm believer. I'm an example. I've done it from the day I got my job as a 16 year old person at the grocery store. I've trained my kids and I've preached for 22 and a half years. If you will honor God with your first fruits, your substance of tithe and offering. And if you'll be consistent, and over the long haul, God begins to pour things into your life that you have no idea why you got them and you feel undeserving, and God's saying, hey, I'm honoring my principle in the Word of God. You give with a cheerful heart. You're happy to give on the front end. You're happy not to pick me last in the baseball field, but you pick me first. And so because of that, I am required to honor my Word, and I'm going to give you a blessing more than you're able to contain. Mm, The human side of you, you've got to get past, it's not about the money. Then why are you preaching it, Pastor? Because I want you to live in abundance. I feel that my life is a living testament of the blessings and anointing of God that I live in. So I'm not telling you some theory. In some areas, I'm preaching my life. And it does work. And it's scripture. And it feels good and it feels right. You say, well, I never heard about this before, Pastor. I don't have that much. I better get a second job to be faithful to God. Why don't you begin to readjust some of your worldly enjoyments? And maybe you're a little top-heavy on finances of things that you've purchased or that you're making payments on. After... 22 years, I feel like, it seems like, it looks like, it sounds like, that when people get in a tight spot, they cut the God portion out instead of cutting out Starbucks. They cut God out for their one, but they keep buying Armani suits. Talking his language now. Hey, why don't you buy a three hundred dollar suit and quit buying those twenty two hundred dollar suits? Solamente on example. My point is here, to say I can't afford to be faithful to God and I'm going to negate the blessings and the principles that God lives in, when I believe all the other scriptures and when I need healing, I come to the front, and when I need this, I go here, and when I lean into God, and when I press through and I worship and I rejoice, all that stuff works. Well, how come I can't believe for this portion too? Because you're a little out of balance. Maybe on understanding. Okay, okay, okay. Well, I'm bringing understanding to you. I'm bringing revelation to you today. I'm bringing illumination to you today. To help you get past, I'm always broke and busted. And not everybody lives like that. But let me ask you a question, regardless of what level you live at. Are you living a life that God's blessed you so much you can... No, please, please, please. We've had this conversation before, and I don't need to be nagging because you're God. Do not sin no more. You're stressing me out. Hashtag snap. So whatever level you're living at, if you've gotten there, praise God, you're probably .0002%. I I, I picture it's like this, that he's going to open the windows of heaven. Let me just, you know what? Hmm. The only thing that opens the windows of heaven is giving to God. I've studied this out. You can do it if you want to. I'll save you some time. Prayer, needful. It it doesn't say it opened the window of heaven. Fasting, holy, faithful, kind, whatever you think a Christian attribute is. I can't even speak English anymore. Oh, man, gracias! I used to speak perfect English. I don't know what happened. The problem is I don't speak perfect English, and I don't speak perfect Spanish. I'm really messed up, man. At least I had one language kind of mastered. What was that word I couldn't say? Attribute. attribute. And then why was I going to say that? Whatever attribute you feel is God, outside giving, none of that says it opens the windows of heaven. So maybe ask yourself, let me just get logical with you, okay? If the windows of heaven aren't being open, and he said he's going to do this, this, and this, what precedes that that begins in Malachi 3.8 is, you've robbed me. And then he says, prove me, test me, challenge me, push back on me and give tithing and offerings. And see, And then that's where it picks up. See if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you more than you're able to contain. But what precedes that is I got rebuked for not doing tithing offerings. Or maybe you didn't understand offerings and you've, gave, you've given tithing. I'm trying to deliver the whole package. I'm going to say it's, a, it's like a Costco bundle deal. Okay, you're going to go home with both boxes strapped together for the same price. So if giving opens up the windows of heaven and I'm not really getting much coming down from the windows of heaven, you have to be honest with yourself. Come on, somebody, and go back. Am I faithful in my tithe and offerings? This is between God and I. Don't re- you don't have to report that to me. Get alone somewhere. Get on your digital checkbook. Figure out what you're doing. Go online. Hey, every time I have an increase in my life, am I faithful to God? And you answer yes or no. And if the answer is yes, well, then you're walking in alignment so then God's going to do what he said he's going to do. When I get out of alignment, it's when I hoard the seeds. Hey, these are some good seeds, baby. We're going to gambling cowboy. (laughs) You know, you're probably going to get a stomachache. And you're going to get food poison because you're eating God's seeds. God's so merciful, he'll probably just let you live. Oh, thank God he's a merciful God. My point is here, my friend, I can't be using earmarked money that I earn for other things other than the kingdom of God in my local assembly. And if I'm going to walk in perfect alignment, then I'm going to be faithful I'm going to steward. What steward is, stewardship is, when you manage somebody else's affairs on their behalf. That's stewarding. I, I'm stewarding this guy's Lamborghini don't mess it up don't crash it don't scratch it and when I steward the resources that God brings in my life because of my ability to live and make money I'm stewarding God's portions and the beginning part is 10% tithe and 5% offering and then what am I doing I'm releasing the beans in this case on the app under give on the website giving kiosks, check offering. How I release it is irrelevant, but what is true is I have to release it. And I've just seen, I'm telling you, my friend, I've seen pastoring long enough. When people are walking in harmony with biblical stewardship, they are blessed, and they pretty much buy and do and go and come anything they want, anytime they want. They don't have to really manage. Hey, we need to go out, unlike when we first got married. Hey, babe, we're going to go out. Yeah, you know what? We're going to go out every Friday when I get paid twice a month. Get in the kitchen and rattle those pots and pans. (laughs) And to be fair, I don't know the last time she's rattled a pot or pan. I'm living in the overflow. I'm trying to make that a good thing. You guys are thinking it's negative. I I sense your spirits. So to say you got to save up to go out to dinner, no, I don't. Because I'm in linemen and I'm living... With the blessings, and God has opened the windows of heaven. And my lifestyle and my desires and my cravings aren't crimped because I'm giving to God. In fact, I'm more, things are more abundant in my life because I'm giving to God. And I've understood the principle a long, long time ago that if I uh, abide by this and submit to God's principles throughout the word of God, I just happen to be pulling a, a piece about finances out today, that God's going to honor his word. Can someone shout Amen. amen. I said last week, I'm going to anoint your finance. I'm going to bless you financially. I'm going to do that. I trust you brought something. If you didn't hear last week, we're going to literally anoint everything that represents your financial picture. And I'm going to pray a prayer of an anointing and alignment upon your life before I conclude in a few minutes. So I'm getting there, but I want you to understand that when we pray for that representation of your financial life, that I want you, if you haven't been faithful in offerings and only tithing, I want you to step up and accept the challenge and release those offering beans and watch God. If you're hit and miss with tithing because you can't afford it, I challenge you to cut out something on the left column so you can be faithful on the right column, which is God. Again, if you're stewarding God's blessings, just logically, does God keep giving you blessings? when you aren't faithful to them, when you don't cherish them, when you don't protect them, God just keeps giving you blessing, 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 blessing? The real answer is no, he doesn't. So I purpose in my personal life that, God, when you bless me, I'm going to steward everything you give me or trust me, and I will never disappoint you. You will never have to wonder, if I send it through Tom Durance's hands in life, Will what needs to get to the kingdom, will it make it to the kingdom, or will he commandeer it and keep it for himself? God and I never have that conversation. So I'm trying to get our church there so that God doesn't have that conversation or thought with you. When I give them a blessing, there's someone sitting out here today that told me, so I'm not moving in the spirit yet, but I'm going to. This is in my knowledge, my head, that they got a blessing from God unexpectedly financial from their the boss said hey did you talk to HR when a boss says that and I, "Oh, am I fired <laughs> no or did HR talk to you no go see him they go to HR and they ended up getting a $750 increase bonus that they knew nothing about and I asked this person I said is it already in the bank yeah I said I think I know the answer to this, but let me ask you a question are you faithful in your tithes and offerings? Yes, Pastor. I already knew it. There are things that happen that you can't explain that is not natural. And when I get blessed and when things seem weird to the untrained eye, no, man, I'm walking in, I'm walking in alignment. I'm walking in abundance. And so today I'm going to pray for us in a minute. You're stepping into a season of abundance. Walk in abundance and live in the overflow. How do you do this? With your obedience and faith. Then He will send it because He can trust you to steward His resources. A translation, let me give you a couple things here, and then I'm, I'm done. I'm going to pray. One translation reads the, the back half of Malachi 3.10. Remember King James Version? I'll read it, and then I'm going to bounce to a couple other ones. If I will not open up the windows of heaven, he said, prove me, and pour out a blessing that, you sh- that there shall not be room enough to receive it. King James' word is to receive it, Okay. Let's open the aperture and look here. Another translation says, he says, I will open the windows of heaven and I shall return to you blessings until you say it's enough. I, I picture that translation is like I'm going to the, um, the storage unit. And I open up my storage unit, and I got all of these moving boxes of blessings. Blessings. And it's right to the door. And so when I close it, I go, uh, got it shut. It's my blessings. I'm stewarding God's resources. So I see that scripture like I'm opening my door and I'm looking at wow. God is really good. And somebody walks up to me. Hey sir, another box. I can't take that. Where do you think I'm going to put that in the storage unit? Get on out of here with that. I don't have room for that. In my head, Brother Gustavo, I feel like I live like that. I'm not written a bigger storage unit. I can't even enjoy all this. This thing is 12 by 18 foot wide. Go on and get with that thing what's in it I don't even care because I don't even know what's in all these go on, get young man that's how I feel let me, let me read you another translation and I will excuse me I will now throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much a blessing that there will not be room enough to store it oh there's my locker unit I'm, hey, this is my storage I don't have room for that Final translation that I want to share with you, then I'm going to pray for us. Prove me if I do not open up the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. Watch this. You will say, It's enough. I don't have room to store it until it overflows. It's all the scripture I read in Malachi 3, 8 through 10, which is the the bottom half of verse 10, from this. So if I can't store it, if I have too much, it becomes an overflow. God's saying, yes, I'm going to do that for you. And I wonder among us, how many have not understand the power, the art and science of release? There are a lot do. But as our church grows and new people come, I'm I'm being honest with you now. I want you to prosper. I'm not a prosperity preacher. I don't subscribe to that doctrine. But I do subscribe. When I honor God, God blows it up in my financial life. I do subscribe to that. And I'm a living testimony. We're not talking Old Testament stuff. We're not talking New Testament. In this case, I'm talking Tom Durant's life. I live today. I'm here. A living, breathing example. There's a host of others among us. But as we grow, I want you to be blessed. But you've got to grasp the principle of stewarding God's resources. I want to challenge you. Don't be afraid. Move forward with faith and not backwards with fear. That preached during the pandemic, how about now? Fear Faith over fear. Pastor, you need more money? No, not really. I'm going to go and get. My, my storage is full. I can't. Here's 100 bucks. Nope, I got too much. The paper shredder's over there. My wife might tackle you to the paper shredder, but I'm not going to. Nope, don't bring that into my house. I can't figure all this out. You know why? Because when I was 16, I got a revelation. You fast forward the clock ahead, I'm 62. And the blessings didn't just overtake me the last couple of years. I've been living in the overflow for many, 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 many years. And I want you to live with me. I want you to move with me. I want you to get in alignment. And today's the day, this is the week to start. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. Because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you, and God bless.